0: The word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Amen. How many have your Bibles with you this morning? Glory to God. How many take your Bible with you every time? You bring it with you. Every time you come to church. How many open your Bible at home every day, every week, every two weeks, whenever? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 has a lot to say about God's plan and purpose, His destiny for our lives, and so every time we read from Ephesians, we ought to be encouraged. We're not here by accident or coincident. We're just not here just taking up space, sucking up God's oxygen without a purpose in life. This is why I'm very adamant when I say, I don't believe it is proper. I don't believe it's correct to ever refer to a child born out of wedlock as an illegitimate child. God has no illegitimate child. God doesn't do illegitimate things. Nobody comes into this world except by God. Amen? And we just can't figure it out. We don't understand it. We say, well, that wasn't right. What, you know, you're imposing your values on another. Listen here. The only thing Ill- illegitimate about a child born out of wedlock is the illegitil- illegitimate mind of the one who judges that child. That child is beloved in the eyes of God. And God has a plan and purpose for that child. That's why he allowed the child to come. Yes, that's right, that's right. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says to the Ephesians Christians, he says, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accept it in the beloved. That is, in the beloved family of God. So Ephesians the book of Ephesians reminds us that God chose you before the foundation of the world and he predestined you according to his good pleasure. So every one of you, you're here on purpose. Let me say it again. Every one of you, you're here on purpose. You're not here by accident or coincidence. You're here on purpose. But you won't always be here. For Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 tells us, And as it is appointed unto men to die, and after this, the judgment. Let me say it again. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. So the tragedy is this. It's a tragedy when a person dies without ever discovering their purpose in life. I need you to hear me. That's a tragedy. You know, over the years, over the last 47 years, I've, I've officiated a lot of funerals, eulogized a lot of deceased persons. And sometimes I wonder, when I'm standing at the gravesite, when they lower that casket into the ground, six feet under, sometimes I wonder, is that person burying their purpose with them? Or did they have the, an opportunity? Did they ever have an opportunity to discover why they were really born? Why they were really here? See, that's the tragedy. When you live your life and you don't even have a clue about what your purpose is. Now the Apostle Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7th verse, Apostle Paul was in a Roman jail. He was about to get his head cut off. He had come to the end of his life, but he said these words, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. So what was Paul saying? Paul was saying, I have finished God's plan and purpose for my life. I have reached my destiny in life. And so it didn't matter to Paul if death would be the next thing that would happen to him. He had fulfilled his purpose. There was no other reason for him to stay any longer. So regardless of what your challenges and your problems are in life and we all have problems every one of us regardless of what mistakes and what failures we have and all of us make mistakes you don't have to die without knowing your purpose you don't have to die with your purpose being unfulfilled huh you don't have to die short of your destiny and die off in some wilderness, as it were. You can live with a sense of purpose. Now, your purpose may, be, may not be the same as mine. Mine may not be the same as yours. But God has a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter if you're young or old or in between. As long as you got breath in your body, God has a purpose for your life, huh? I remember growing up as a young boy, uh, my dad was a pastor, and many times the pastors would get together, and you know, they have Bible study, or they want to share their revelations with one another, and these pastors were all like they, like they all wore, three-piece suits, and they, you know, dressed in ties with three-piece suits. Some of these pastors had never graduated from high school. Some had never gone to Bible college or seminary. They were ministers out of oral tradition, out of obedience to a call of God upon their life. But i never forget, I heard one preacher say, you know, our job, speaking to the other pastors that was in the setting at that time, he says, our job is more important than the president of the United States and he actually put his thumbs on his suspenders when he said it. He was sticking out his chest. He was proud to have discovered his purpose in life. Their purpose was to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because they had discovered their purpose, and because they had embraced their purpose, they felt like their job was more important than anybody else's job. This is where we want to get in life where we're not always wondering, we're not not always looking in the rearview mirror, looking over our shoulders. We want to get to a space in our lives where we know why we are here. And I'm telling you, you're here on purpose. All of us are going to die. Every one of us are going to die. But don't die before you try to discover and fulfill your purpose. And so I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the subject, don't die before you try. try. Don't die before you try. Just try to discover and fulfill your purpose. Now, I've been telling you the last four or five weeks that God has a plan and purpose for your life. How many believe that? You may not know what it is, but God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He began when he spoke to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the belly, I sanctified you. And before you were formed in the womb, God says, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. What is God saying? God was saying to Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb and before you were actually born, I sanctified you, I separated you, and I ordained you. In other words, I purposed for you, I destined for you that you would be a prophet unto the nations. And so here's the wonderful thing about God and his greatness. And this is why I say there are and there is no such thing as an illegitimate child. God told Jeremiah, before your father met your mother, I knew you. I knew you. God says, I'm the one that formed you. And even before you were born, I had already purposed purpose, a destiny for you, decided a plan and a purpose for you. Then in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, God reassures him, if you will. He says that, and I know, I know my thoughts toward you. You see, things happen in life. Even if we believe we have purpose and we're born on purpose, we can easily get discouraged and we, can, and we can break our stride and we can just get off the path because of circumstances that come against us in life. Stuff happens in life. But God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, and I know the thoughts that I have towards you. There are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an inspected end. What was God saying? I know the plans I have for your life. I made them up before you were born. I know the plans I have for your life. There are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. There are plans to give you hope and a future. A future and a hope. This is why Paul was able to say to the Romans, no matter what happens to you, no matter What comes against you, no matter if you understand it or you don't understand it, no matter if it brings you pain or brings brings you pleasure, no matter what Paul says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. But when did he call you? He called you before the foundation of the world. this is why you ought to be able to walk in victory no matter what. This is why you ought to be able to hold your head up, stick your chest out, you know, straighten yourself up and keep moving forward. Because God says, I'm using this, even though it may be painful, I'm using this to help you accomplish the purpose I have for your life. All things work together for good. To them who love God, to them who are the call. How many believe you're called according to his purpose? To them who are called according to his purpose. So what is it that God really wants us to know about this? What is it that God really wants us to know about purpose? Well, you go back to Ephesians chapter 1, and he shows us that, that in Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the counsel of him, speaking of God, according to the counsel of him who worketh all things according to the counsel of him. We are predestined. We've received this inheritance according to the counsel of him who works all things according to his purposes. And those purposes are worked out according to the counsel of his will. This is who we are. This is where we are. This is what we have. Because we're in Christ Jesus, how much more should we realize our purpose? How much more should we be determined that I'm not going to die before I try to find out why why God brought me into this world? You thought it was your mother and your father that brought you in this world. God brought you. And I'm saying to you, don't die before you try to find out. Discover your purpose and try to fulfill your purpose. Glory to God. Now, we use the word destiny and purpose sometimes interchangeably, but they really are a little different. You see, let me see if I can break it down for you. Destiny is some predetermined thing that's supposed to happen in your life or it's already happened in your life. Hmm? But purpose is the reason you were born. It's that simple. Purpose is the reason you was born. Purpose is God's original intent. It's His original intent that He had for you before you were born. So destiny and purpose works hand in hand. Because God has a purpose in my life, there are some things that, that is destined to happen in my life or they've already happened in my life. But if I stay on the path, I will fulfill my destiny. And if I stay on the path, I will discover my purpose. I'm very grateful. I know what my purpose is. I know most of what my purpose is because as long as I'm living, God could expand that. You see, purpose is like school. You know, in school you have grades. There are degrees of learning, degrees of education. There's degrees of revelation and understanding your purpose. But the tragedy is you never begin to understand any of it. And so you die. God has some great calling on your life. No matter what his purpose is for your life, it's great. It's great because it's from God. So no matter what your purpose is in life, what you don't want to do is die before you try to discover that. And when you discover that, you ought to be able to give God glory and praise that he chose you for that purpose. God knows what he's doing. Amen? So the the actual word purpose in the New Testament, it simply means setting a thing forth. Stay with me now. It means to put a thing in clear view. It speaks of the showbread in the Old Testament tabernacle. In the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Purpose. Purpose. God wants to set something forth in your life. It's the setting forth of a thing. It's when He puts that thing in clear view. What am I saying? When. God shows you your purpose when you discover your purpose. Not only do you see your purpose in clear view, but others see it as well. And perhaps others see your purpose before you do. Because the the word purpose also speaks of the showbread. In the tabernacle in the Old Testament, you know, the tabernacle had three compartments. The outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. In the holy place was the sanctuary, and in that sanctuary there was furnishings. There was the golden candlestick, but on the opposite side of the room of the sanctuary from the golden candlestick was the table of showbread. And 12 loaves of bread was placed on that table to represent the 12 tribes of Israel, and the, the table, the bread on the table was in clear view. Soon as you walked in the sanctuary, you saw the, the table show bread. You saw the bread on the table. And the, the, the bread, again, represented the tribes of Israel. Remember when David and his men were on the run from Saul. And this is probably First Samuel chapter 21. And David escapes and he goes to a town called Nob. He goes into the temple where Elimelech is the priest and he says to him, Do you have anything you can give us to eat? And a lemon that says, All we have here is hollow bread. But David and his men were hungry. So the priest said to David, If you and your men have kept yourselves away from women for at least three days, then I'll give you this hollow bread. Now, the bread was only supposed to be eaten by the Levitical priests. But the point is, David and his men could see the bread. It was in clear view. When you discover your purpose, it is in clear view. You see, folks was telling me I was going to preach a long time before I knew I was going to preach. They were telling me stuff that a long time before I even wanted to accept it. But I had to accept it for myself. Otherwise, I would have died before I tried. I don't want my purpose to be buried six feet under. I don't want my purpose cremated. I don't want my purpose misused. I want to use my purpose to the glory of God. And I want to discover more layers of that purpose, like peeling the onion. I want to discover more layers of that purpose. So David and his men were able to eat the showbread because his place it was replaced every seven days. And the stale showbread, only the priest could eat. But the priest gave that bread to David and his men to help sustain them when he was fleeing from Saul. That's what the showbread, that's what purpose is. Purpose is, you see, I don't need to tell you that this is a keyboard. It's in clear view. This thing has been set forth. That, that's what purpose means. Something is set forth. It is set forth. It is in clear view. It is like the showbread. When you look here, you see a keyboard. You know, this is a keyboard. And we got to come to the place where we know who we are. You, You see, I am, you know, this keyboard is not a guitar. Come on. And a guitar is not a set of drums. And we got to come to the place where we know who we are and what our purpose is and walk in that and stop comparing ourselves with other people. Just walk in your purpose. Just walk in your purpose. And you don't want to die until you try. Now, there's three aspects of purpose. There's a revelation, there's preparation, and then there's destination. And we look at Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 26, you know, the life of of Saul who became Paul. You know, particularly Acts chapter 26, Paul, when he stood before King Agrippa, King Agrippa decided to hear his case before he actually was taken to Rome. He was on his way to Rome. So King Agrippa says, I'll hear his case. And so Paul is sharing before King Agrippa what really happened to him on the, on the road to the masses. Paul's attitude was pretty much, I was minding my own business. And all of a sudden I got this, number one, revelation. I got a revelation from Jesus himself. Paul says, I begin to understand my purpose. God revealed himself to me, and then he revealed his purpose unto me. And that's what God will do for every one of us. He first reveals to us himself that he is God, and he has a plan and purpose for our lives. And then he reveals that purpose. So that's the first aspect of really understanding your purpose. It's revelation. Then there's preparation. Preparation. It's preparation. What did God do for Paul? Paul was led into Damascus down to the house of Judas on a street called Straight. God got a way of straightening us out. Led to Damascus to the house of Judas on a street called Straight and God spoke in a dream to a disciple named Ananias and he says, I want you to Go and inquire on the street called straight for a man named Saul, for he's praying. Why was Saul praying? He had been blinded. Why was Paul praying? He was surrounded by darkness. He was lost at that time. And this is the reason, or one of the reasons, every one of us should be praying. If you don't know your purpose, you don't have a clue what your purpose is, ask God. He will reveal it, and then he'll begin to take you into preparation. How did God prepare Saul to fulfill his purpose? Well, he sent Ananias down to him. Ananias laid hands on Saul, and God anointed Saul and filled him with the Holy Ghost. This is the preparation we need to fulfill our purposes. More than anything else, we need to allow God to anoint us and fill us with his Holy Spirit. That's preparation. We need preparation to fulfill our purpose. And God spoke to Paul, Saul who became Paul, on the Damascus Road, and he says, Stand upon your feet. He says, for my purpose for you is that you would be a minister unto me, not a persecutor of the church, but a minister unto me. You see, you've been walking down the wrong road all these years. I never called you to be a persecutor, but I called you to be a preacher, a minister unto me. I called you to be a light unto the Gentiles so the Gentiles could give me glory and praise me. So that was the destination that God gave to Saul to understand about His purpose. The destination always is to give glory and praise unto God. That is the end of any purpose. If Whatever you think your purpose is, and you can't give God glory and praise, then you have not reached. You're not even on the road to go to reach the destination of your purpose. Destination. You need revelation, preparation, and destination. The chief end of purpose is always to praise and glorify God. And if you can't praise and glorify God in what you're doing, that is not your purpose. That is not your purpose. If you're a thief, you're not going to praise and glorify God for stealing. That is not your purpose. God didn't call you to be a thief. Huh? That is not your purpose. That is not the destination. When God reveals the revelation and he begins to take us to preparation, the chief end of that destination is always we'll give praise and glory to God amen glory to god now another way to look at destination not destination but purpose this is another way of looking at it purpose is really god putting part of himself into you join us sunday at agape word fellowship where dr jerry maya williams is your pastor proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.